This is the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders and the crowds who listened, Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went away to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in exactly the same way. Finally, he sent his son, saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And they said to Jesus, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. And Jesus said, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. It will crush anyone on whom it falls. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized Jesus was talking about them. They wanted to arrest Jesus, but they feared the crowds because they regarded Jesus as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Seated. When I was a kid, we were visiting my aunt's house. Actually, we were down in Kentucky, and so all of my mom's brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, we were together. And my cousins, who all of them are older than me, my sister, they had built a go-kart. And I was really excited to drive this go-kart. Of course, they weren't done building the go-kart. It had no motor. So I got in the driver's seat. My sister, I was probably eight. My sister's maybe six. And my cousin, who's maybe 15, he jumps on the back. He's pushing us down the road. Pushing us down the road, going down a hill. He hops on the back, and I'm driving away, feeling like a hot shot. 
So my cousin says, there's a car coming. Now I told you, this was a work in progress. There weren't any brakes. So I jerked the wheel to the left to get us off the road. Now, there also weren't any seatbelts. So my sister went flying out of the go-kart, tumbling onto the road as we careen away to safety. We'll call that safety. I didn't get to drive the go-kart after that. And my cousin didn't get to push anymore. Thankfully, my sister wasn't hurt. Now, Jesus is talking to a very specific group of people, even though there is a big crowd listening. The chief priests and the scribes, even the Pharisees. He's talking to them about the harm they are doing to other people and how they won't get to drive the go-kart anymore. Now, the first thing I want us to notice they are the ones who say that God is going to put those wretches to a miserable death and then take away the vineyard. Jesus never claims that God is out for blood. Only they do. And we know they're out for blood because they're the ones who will crucify Jesus, who will ask the Romans, arrest him and ask the Romans, crucify him. So let's not put that violence in God's hands. That would be out of character for the God that Jesus has come to show us about. But it does reveal to us something about who those folks were and what those folks were about, who Jesus was talking about. There was this veneer of piety this is Jesus' own ministry challenging them. There's a veneer of piety over their greed and exploitation and murder. Jesus has come into the house that they run, the temple, to bring that truth where it most needs to be said. Now, the second thing to notice that this is not about Christian versus Jew. This is about the people on the margins who are being harmed. My sister who's being thrown from the go-kart versus the ones who are driving the go-kart versus the ones who built a go-kart that's so dangerous in the first place. The people Jesus is talking to in the, the hearing of the crowds are the people who, in whom, in their hands, is concentrated wealth and power. And the preachers who bless the evil things they do in the name of that wealth and power. Jesus has chosen a side in that conflict between the people on the margins and the people with the money and the power and the preachers who bless them. 
on the side of the people on the margins. I mean, just last week, we heard the beginning of this conflict. This follows immediately on that. Jesus has gone into the temple chasing out the money changers. It's the old money of the temple elite that is in charge of the money changers. That makes everyone who comes to the temple change out whatever currency they're using to use the temple's money. And they're profiting off of that. Jesus chases out the people who are buying and selling. These are not just vendors. This is not the gift shop in the temple. These are the folks who are buying at mass quantities the very things that need to be used in the temple itself. There's corruption there. We can see by the fact that Jesus is chasing them out. There's a real economic part of this whole equation that we might not see on the surface. And the third thing I think I think about every time I read the Bible is that it's not just about me reading the Bible. It's not just about us reading the Bible. It's about how the Bible reads us. It's about how the Bible reveals something to us. Sometimes things that are hard, but always in the toward the end of revealing something that is ultimately healing and hopeful and joyful. It's, it's toward the end of good news that Jesus has come to have this argument with these people. You know, it's true that there's a, a reading of the Bible out there that says that God has blessed the rich, and that they are the beacon of light for all of those irresponsible poor people to look to. When the poor finally get their act together, they too can be like the rich. This is the ultimately political ideology that's behind the national prayer breakfast has its roots 90 years ago. Preachers who are telling the rich, you keep doing what you do. It's the people who are in your way who are God's enemies. So now we're at a time in the life of this country when a fraction of 1% own 50% of the wealth in the country. So imagine 200 people in this sanctuary. 199 have to sit on this side. And one gets this side in all these pews. That's the reality we're living in right now. And there are preachers and a way of reading the Bible that says the chosen one is this one who's got this half of the pie. And the rest of you over here better get your act together. But the people that I know and the people that you know are not lazy people. 
These are the people who are working full-time jobs and still can't cover the mortgage. Working full-time jobs and they're borrowing from their 401k so they can pay off medical expenses for themselves and for their family members. These are the people who are working full-time jobs and they have a series of surgeries, knee surgeries, foot surgeries, to repair the damage done to bodies, pounding it out on concrete for 10-plus hours a day. People working full-time jobs who go home every day, pass the bridge and think, this would be a whole lot easier if I just jumped right off that bridge because of the stress in their job and the feeling of being trapped that's never going to change. That's not lazy in my book. That's not lazy in God's book. That's not irresponsible. That's the consequence of a fraction of a percent owning 50% of the wealth. And whenever we spiritualize the message, Jesus' message, we take away this prophetic word, the prophetic word that got Jesus killed. If Jesus had come to the temple telling the chief priests and the elders of the people and the Pharisees, God has blessed you and all of these other rabble out here, they better shape up. That doesn't get Jesus killed. That gets Jesus a position on the staff, a title, a fancy robe. I mean, the good news that is good news for all and also good news for the poor is that Jesus doesn't play that game. That the kingdom of God is based on different values. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. This is the kingdom of God. And when those folks are breathing murder, it's not Jesus. Jesus does not say that God is going to kill them. All Jesus says is you can't drive the go-kart anymore. Think about what it would be like to ride in the go-kart that my sister was driving. Knowing what it's like to be thrown from the car. That's going to be a different ride, even for me. This is the good news for all of us. The kingdom belongs to the people who knows what it's like to be crushed by jobs, full-time jobs that are not about life. The good news is, is a life beyond the death that we're living every day. That's the good news. Joy. Joy that is within reach of everyone, not just for the one who gets half of the pie. All everyone and all creation is to share 
in the abundance of God and the life of Jesus. Thanks be to God.